0: it's timely, it's insightful, it's motivating, it's empowering. It's Time with Fred, your inspirational
1: broadcast with host Fred Gaddy.
0: Hello and thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges the paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. This podcast can be heard on demand on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Amazon, uh, Spotify, Podbean, and just about anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Uh, As my guest today, I have uh, Todd Nyholm, who is joining us all the way from uh, Wyoming. Uh, Todd is a somatic therapist and author, uh, and uh, through both personal and professional experience, discovered the undeniable relationship between mind and body Um, talking about stress, poor mindset, negative external experiences. We're going to be discussing all that um, on this episode of the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk
0: with you. Same here. So first of all, Todd, who is a somatic uh, therapist?
1: No, it's a catch-all term we started to use because we learned a lot of different methods with different names like um, visceral manipulation and cranial sacral therapy and lymph drainage therapy. And then our business cards weren't big enough to handle it. So we started using somatic therapy and somatic refers to the body. So we're working through the body to make changes in the health. Um, so if you saw me working, i you'd see me, I'd have someone on a table and I'm working with my hands and fingers and knuckles. And then I'm talking to them and, you know, working through things with them in all kinds of ways.
0: For, for the benefit of our, our listeners who may not be familiar, including myself, really, uh, not familiar with all that technical jargon, I figured it would be it'd be good to break it down for us a little bit. Todd, you maintain that um, in order to thrive, we must first break free from self-imposed boundaries. Um, and you share that, um, uh, you know, living in a world of external expectations, uh, it's dangerous, right, for, for both our bodies and minds. and and um, to fall into this common trap, can you, can you share a little bit about that, um, why it's important to really rechannel this mindset?
1: Sure. I think a lot of us are kind of stuck in programming that we got when we were young and when we went to school and our parents' expectations and our friends and society. And pretty soon you get bogged down by all these things that you often heard when you were three or four. And so you assume they're true, you know, because you didn't have a critical mind disagree at the time or to see that something might be wrong with it and so we have all these things that um, are kind of laid upon us that change the way we see things most especially ourselves so people tell you all kinds of things about yourself you know I had a teacher once that told me I couldn't write and now I've written a couple books and so it took me a little while to work past that to be like oh she told me I couldn't write when I was in fifth grade and now I'm a little older so maybe I can do something that Um, is maybe a little different from that but sometimes you have to break free of things and I think almost everyone does it'd be a really rare person who didn't get stuck under some of that and so really taking the time to look through what you've been programmed with and the expectations that come with all kinds of things um, it it can be really helpful to like change that change your mindset and how you feel about things your emotional set and that can change your life from there
0: absolutely I couldn't agree with you more Todd and and you're not the first to share um, about having to break free from, you know, some so-called experts' opinion or what this teacher told you you could or couldn't do. Um, why don't we have to why why do we have to break free first of all, right? Uh, aren't they the experts? Don't they know better than we do, especially a teacher who's telling a kid, right? This is this is all you're resigned to, this is all you're gonna be. I mean I've heard countless of stories of um of of people who had to break away from from those self-limiting beliefs and mindsets, right? why is it important first of all why don't we just swallow it hook line and sinker and say after all they are the experts they know better than we do why do we have to challenge it if you will yeah i think it really depends on how much you want to enjoy your life and how much
1: you want to get out of it you know and just because someone appears to be smart or to be knowledgeable it doesn't mean they can see what's in your heart or what's in your mind or what you're capable of And sometimes they're looking at little things here and there and maybe they say you you can't write because you're not focusing in school because you've had a tough home life, you know, and it has nothing to do with whether you can write or not. It has to do with surviving some terrible situation. Um, But you can really get stuck and mired and then your life experience becomes painful and uncomfortable and you don't do the things you want to do. And it might drive you all to the, all the way to the depths of despair and maybe even past that and terror and things. And so to change the way your life goes, the way you feel about it, your own potential, at some point it's worth, um, examining and throwing things away and saying, well, this idea really had nothing to do with me. Um, She said it to me because I was a redhead and she didn't like redheads, which is also another true story. Someone told me as a redhead, I would never accomplish much. Just like weird things. Like where did that even come from? You know, and it's just not true.
0: Uh, These are, these are, I mean, we make a lot of it, but these are, these are very, these can be very damaging. Right. And I wonder how many people Todd uh, that are walking the face of the earth, who are living very discouraging lives, right? Lives of despair, despondency, and hopelessness, just because, right? They 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 bought into some ideology or some concept um, of, of, of them, right? By, by by someone else, right? I mean, I, I don't have any stats to prove, but I'd imagine that that there are there are millions, right? Hundreds of millions of people just who've resigned themselves to that, to that, to that fate. Now, how does one begin this process? Or well, let's 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 make it personal here. In your case, what was it that prompted you to, try to kind of challenge that paradigm or that concept or that? Or how did you even realize that this was a self limiting mindset that you needed to break away from? So even as a kid, people would say things and I'd be like, man, that just doesn't seem
1: right to me. (laughs) You know, like, where did that even come from? And it caused a lot of pain and anguish for me when I was young, you know, Um, people said all kinds of crazy things. And some of the experiences I had were quite traumatic. And there was a guy that lived down the street from me who was very manipulative and um, quite frankly, a serial killer. And he really messed with me quite a bit. And I talk about it real briefly in the book, but when you have that kind of experience that pushes you all the way against the wall, One of the best things that can come out of that is it makes you see yourself differently and you start to say, oh, I can challenge these things. They don't have to be true because someone said it to me or because it built up. And it's almost like someone will create a prison for you in your mind by the things they say or your society does or maybe certain aspects of your culture. Um, And you can get stuck in this like little prison that you act out because you haven't had a chance to have it knocked into your head that maybe this isn't true. Maybe this is so wrong that I personally have to change it, even if I have to do it by myself without any help at all. Um, And I kind of got to that point a few times where I was like, I'm going to figure this out, even if I have to do it on my own, even if it's painful, even if I have to walk to India and find an old master on a hillside who can teach me how to do it. And it's much easier now. You can do it online or find books. (laughs) You don't have to walk across the country, but there's resources out there. But for me, it was like a mission as far back as I can remember. How do I change this for myself? because the pain I was in it just that was not a life that was worth
0: living to me Mm -hmm. and uh, I remember it distinctly like I got to do something and I got to figure this out yeah yeah and 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 you were you you were motivated um and so how how does one break the chain I know I asked this question but um, practically speaking, right, if someone's been maybe living this life of, you know, whatever the life they'll, the, you know, down in the doldrums and realize, no, this is really just not what the life is for me. Um, and, you know, of course, I'm sure there are oppositions, right? There are all the naysayers and the, it's not, you know, just like that, that blue crop you know, mentality, right? You try to climb out of that crab barrel and they hold you to pull you down. I'm sure they're, for greatly speaking, right, several obstacles, if you will, that people run into, how do they break those chains, especially if they're running into, um, you know, some of these um, obstacles, whatever they may be, whether they're naysayers or, you know, people telling you, you know, this is how it's always been done, or, or you try and, and you, you're met with failure after failure after failure. What is it that has to keep one going, right, or, or convincingly enough to to keep going, really?
1: Yeah, I think the number one thing is awareness on yourself. And so we're all so distracted by what's going on around us. You know, like these people are saying this over there. The news is saying that over there. So we don't stop and really look at our thoughts. And one of the most revealing things for me is I sat down for a while and I wrote down every thought I had. And I think most of us were thinking so quickly, most of our thoughts are going by without us really recognizing. And when I wrote it down and I looked back, I'm like, "Whoa, I'm saying this thing to myself a hundred times a day that I can't accomplish that. Where did that thought come from? I don't think I even believe that that's true. Um, And so that first step, I think for almost everything is to take part of your attention and aim it at yourself. So like right now I'm talking to you, but I'm also paying attention to my thoughts and I'm also paying attention to my emotions. And it's a really wonderful exercise at first. And you have to do it without judgment or you'll drive yourself a little crazy for a while because there's going to be a lot of things that will stir up in you. And at first you just need to get clear enough to see it without judgment and attacking yourself because that's The the key of the problem is you start to attack yourself, and that gets built in in all kinds of mechanisms, both conscious and unconscious. So, a lot of them are just things that are passed down because it's what everyone did, it's what your dad's dad did, it's Mm -hmm. what your mom Mm -hmm. mom did. And so it takes a little while to really just see it. And once you see it, all kinds of mechanisms can open up and then we could give you a whole bunch of tools to, to work through it. But the first one is to see through it first, to like, oh, these things are sitting there. They're really bothering me and they're keeping me from doing X. And once you see it, then you can start breaking it down and you can rip, you can repair it by getting rid of that programming and say, okay, what's the opposite? So someone told me I can't do this for whatever reason. The opposite is I can do it because I'm, I'm industrious, and I know I'm industrious. So I know I can figure out how to write write a book, at, for an example, because I can write every day and I can write until it's done and not stop because that's a skill that I have. So.
0: And I would imagine, Todd, that it starts with oneself, right? I mean, you have to be the one to believe this first, right? Because, you know, uh, I think you've got to prove it to yourself first because if this is something that has become, you know, part of you, you know, for however many years it's been. Your, your, your mind, there has to be some transformational process, I guess, that, that has to take place. And, and, and the first person that this has to, uh, to start with is you, right? I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. I don't think you can ever get around that, you know,
1: even if you have the best people behind you pushing saying you could do it or you can do it, you will always be able to stop it with your own mind and with your own emotions, because that's with you all the time, 24 seven, you can't get away from yourself. And even if people are cheering you on three hours a day, that's still only 21 hours a week, and there's 168 hours in a week. So all those other hours, you're kind of attacking yourself a little bit often, like I said, unconsciously and without a lot of forethought and with, you know, it can be a little vicious the way we attack ourselves. And so you really do have to start with yourself and you have to start with where you are. And that's one of the nice things about working with your body a lot is like your body is always with you wherever you go. And so a great way to slow everything down is just to get into your body and feel it, like really sit in it and say, oh, my muscles are doing this. And it calms all those external voices out a little bit. Then you can hear yourself a little better so that you can figure out where you are. Like, where do you actually sit mentally and emotionally?
0: And what can you do? from there
1: Mm.
0: in other words we are our own worst worst enemies right (laughs) yeah we're going to be the worst or the best you know relative to how we're doing things absolutely but most of us we tend to be the worst to ourselves yeah and and in your book uh which you know i I love the title it says our brain why do you trouble me so much Why, why why that title well, it partly makes me laugh, you
1: know, and a lot of the uh, things that are in that book and my first book, which had to do with diet, were me trying to figure out something I couldn't figure out any other way. And so I asked myself the question, why is my brain bothering me so much, <laughs> you know, or why is my diet or food? Why is that bothering me so much? And then the answers came from those questions. And so it made sense to me to, to name the, the books that because it still makes me laugh to this day. Even when you said it now, it kind of made me giggle a little bit because it just kind of points at it in almost a funny way. And there's something really useful as you do any of this kind of work is to be able to laugh, particularly at yourself. Cause if you take yourself really serious, it's hard to kind of work through your own mental and emotional programming.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and your book's already out, right? I think this came out September the 2nd. Yeah. It's been out for okay. a little over a month now. Yeah. Okay. You, you speak to, you know, some, some of these things that we already talked about, right. Channeling, rechanneling your mindset, breaking the chains, but you also speak about courageous decision-making right? Why does decision-making have to be courageous? After all, isn't, it, isn't just a decision? Why does it have to be courageous?
1: Well, I think, again, going back to the programming, sometimes you're going to have to step past like obstacles that people gave for you. Courage is an interesting word because it comes from this root of the heart, you know? And so in a sense, I'm trying to get people to think about what is intrinsic to them, what's authentic to them and being like authentic in our society. And probably most societies is almost an act of rebellion because most people want you to act a certain way or to, to go about things in a certain way. And so at some point you have to be a little courageous to move past what's around you. And when that comes to decision-making, you know, you can really hold yourself back because you're nervous about offending this person, or you're nervous about making a wrong decision, or you're nervous about where will this go in a year, or maybe you're nervous because other decisions you made didn't turn out the way you thought. And so at some point you can become stuck and you can't even, you get in this paralysis where you can't move forward. And so Mm -hmm. a little courage is necessary to do all kinds of things. Um, Particularly if they're a little past your comfort zone or they're at the yep, edge of your yeah. comfort zone. No,
0: no, no doubt. But uh, going back to your story, Tuck. So oftentimes, you know, when when a uh, you know special guests come on, the, you know, on a podcast, and they talk about all the accomplishments, whether they're authors or experts and one field, thought leaders, or whatever. I think there's often that temptation to, to to focus so much on those accomplishments that we miss the fact that they al- also went through some of these same challenges. like you, who you know, were told by by the teacher that you couldn't read or write, and here you are, right, a, a published author—not one, but but several uh, books. But let's let's—I I like to make it personal here, so folks can can realize that no, I mean, not only is he just talking; he's actually lived it. Um, what are did you run into any obstacles, right? For instance, you know when you decided to write, did, did some of those thoughts come rushing back, and was there that element of self doubt and and how did you overcome that personally?
1: Yeah. So when I got to the point I was going to write, I I didn't tell anyone I was going to do it because I had gotten so much resistance before when I started my first business or when I was learning languages, because I I love to study languages or when I was doing martial arts, or when I was trying to figure out some health problems on my own, there'd be all these naysayers kind of in the back saying things. And so when I started to write, I'm like, I won't tell anyone. So I wrote the whole book and then I sent it to an editor who told me she would tell me the truth, if it was good or not. And she's like, this is great. I love it. You know? And so I moved for it. I wrote the rest of the book. I had it edited. Then I published it. And then I told people that I did it and it was my way of getting around kind of people talking back about it. And I even called a friend of mine the day I put it out and I said, Oh, I wrote a book. And she's like, no, no, you won't be able to finish it. And I, I said, no, it's done. like, no, no, you'll never get it published. I'm like, get out your phone, open up Amazon, look up my name. And she did. And she goes, Oh, well, you still won't be successful. And I was like, "You're supposed to be my friend, you know? What is this going on, you know?" And so that was one way I got around some of that. And maybe you have to change your social circle a little to get past things. But it's amazing the resistance that pops up that you have to find some way around.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you talk about those social circles, and this is one that I've often talked about, um, and I've mentioned in my, in my book as well. I mean that we've got to be we've got to be careful who we let into that inner circle, right? Because sometimes you have all this, well-intentioned well-meaning people who like your friend who not because he or she hated you but they were just telling you what they thought was the facts right how important Todd is it uh, uh, or was it for you in your case because you didn't you didn't publicize it because you're being very strategic for for some of these reasons rather right, than you outlined how why is it important for us to guard against you know some of these things right particularly our inner circle who were led into it
1: Yeah, I think it's so easy for people to apply themselves to you or their own experiences or their own fears or their own things they heard that don't necessarily make sense. And pretty soon now you're subjected to everyone else's viewpoints and their mindset and their emotions. And I think one of the best things you can do is carve out a little part of your own life that no one gets to be part of except for you. And the books were that way. And the methods that I put in the books were that way. I didn't tell anyone about them as I was building them. And so for me, they have this wonderful value and no one got to knock them loose When they were in the beginning stage, like when you have a baby, the baby comes out and you have to be really careful with where it's at. But once the baby is grown and strong, they're 18 and they can leave the house. Now you don't have to protect it so much. And Mm -hmm. by the time I had the book done and I had all the methods that I wanted to use built, then it was like, oh, it's safe from what can come from the outside. And uh, I think it's a good approach to all kinds of things, especially if it's like the most important thing in the world to you, which the work I'm doing is for me. I didn't want to like let anyone step in that
0: or pee in the pool, so to speak. Mm Did you, did you run into any obstacles or any challenges?
1: You know, certainly I, I bounced over some things. I had some significant health issues I was still working through at the time I started writing. So I had a bunch of health like, uh, infections when I was a kid and they got worse and worse. And it took me like 50 doctors to figure out what they were. And And I got some surgical infections and I was trying not to die from that. And it really made it clear to me that I want to get this stuff out of me while I'm here. And so when I was writing, I was extremely sick. And the the girl I was dating at the time, she left me at that time. And I didn't even have a computer to write on. I wrote both books on my broken screen phone, you know, just like any time that I could do it. So I went through some significant resistance, um, but it got here, got me
0: here now. So, and Todd, you you're. you're th- this is this is where a lot of us get tripped, right? Because we have all these things, very legitimate legitimate reasons why why we shouldn't do what we're called to do. I mean, here in your case, you had these challenging health, um, you know, issues going on, which for for most people, I'd imagine, would be okay. This is it, you know. Well, let's not let's not even try, it, right? Um, or you know that jolted lover syndrome, or or even the fact that you had to write this on your on your phone, right? I don't have a laptop. I don't have the equipment. It must—it's not meant to be. But you fought through all of those, and it's—it's it's important to realize that. And correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here. That you know the fact that one runs into opposition, right, and very legit, legitimate wants to does not mean that's it, right? I mean, you had every reason to quit, uh, but but you didn't, right? You had to push through and. For those who are quick to justify the fact, oh, well, you know, these are clearly signs that this is not meant to be, right? How do we kind of filter through all of that noise to, to keep going or, or when is enough enough, so to speak?
1: Well, Fred, I think it comes down to like a decision you make for yourself,
0: you mm-hmm. know, like,
1: I don't care what gets thrown at me. I'm mm-hmm. just going to take a step today and then I'll take another step and then I'll take another step. And then you do that a thousand times. And you're like, hey something changed here you know mm. and then you do it another thousand steps and another thing knocks you off base a little bit and I remember this old saying that the obstacle is the path mm. um, I heard when I was in Japan and it's like oh maybe this is all things strengthening me to help me get where I want to go so just because it's not easy doesn't necessarily mean it's not the path for you it may actually be what's developing the mental musculature or the emotional musculature to do what you want to do so it makes me capable of talking about things that other people might trip over because of the things that I went through and that's helping me do what's kind of the mission of my life or at least how I feel it you know so at some point there's just this little voice in your head where you get to decide am I going to go left or am I going to go right and for me it's that little quiet voice to yourself where you say okay whatever comes I'm going to move in this way because it makes me feel like life is alive inside me which is something that I really wanted which is sort of the opposite of that feeling that people have when life feels kind of dead to them and it it doesn't taste good anymore you know that kind of thing and it's there's certain decisions that you can make that like ooh, this kind of fills up my soul a little bit so I have to go this way even if I don't make it I'm still going to go this way
0: yeah it's like the road less traveled, right which which turns out to be uh, the best path um, did just curious did that teacher live to see you become an accomplished author she did,
1: and I also have a degree in languages, and my mom was really annoyed, and they worked at the same school, so she took my diploma over there when I got my degree in languages and said, because she actually tried to get me kind of thrown out of school at one point. She said wow. I wasn't smart either, and I had to take IQ tests, um, which was kind of an interesting experience in itself, and she made me take more than one because she didn't believe the first score, and so she, like, she was butting heads with me all the time, you know, and so she did get a chance to see some of it. Did yeah. you, you send her an autographed copy of your book? I, I didn't. That might be a little, a little too petty, I think. But it's certainly motivation for me that I, I use this food. You know,
0: so. Yeah, because well, that, that was meant to be a joke. But um, what are yeah. the lessons uh, how do you share in your book? I know, I know we've mentioned three, but uh, let's, let's let's dive in a little bit. Um, what are the lessons do you, do you share? Or do you, you, you write about?
1: Yeah. One of the ones I like a lot is I talk about emotions um, and your relationship to them, because I think in our culture, we tend to either suppress or we let them control us. Mm. It's one of the things I really would like to get across is a different relationship with our own emotions and I started talking about it like conducting an orchestra. So you have all these different emotions that are like the different members, you know, and you get to work with them and they have their own voice, but they have to fit into the overall composition. Um, And so defining your emotions and knowing where you are with them and how they all fit together
0: for you in your own experience, I think is huge. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about emotions, and I love the fact that uh, you mentioned um, you know, suppressing, and, and rightly so. Um, particularly for us men, right? There's this, you know, notion that you know, as a man, he as a male, you know, you, you gotta, you, you don't have to show it. You, you gotta suppress it, and so we we mask these emotions thought, in so many ways. And you doing better than I do until it gets to the point where we can't take it anymore, and we act it out, and we, we do we do very stupid things, right? Why is the society so so keen on on, on, on emotions being, being mad versus, versus being vulnerable. I mean, I'd imagine there, there are a lot of, um, thought leaders now, Brene Brown, for instance, and several others who are actually advocating for, for being vulnerable, you know, even as a leader, right. You don't have to be, the know, it all, right. It's, it's this, this, there's some wisdom in allowing yourself to be, to be vulnerable. Thoughts, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's interesting. And partly,
1: People control each other through emotions. And that's one thing I think we don't always talk about a lot. Like if you can shame somebody, you can kind of control their behavior. If you can make someone angry, you can kind of control their behavior. If you can make someone afraid, you can kind of control your behavior. So I think in a lot of ways, depth in the education that we give each other with emotions is somewhat like slowed down by People wanting to keep that control mechanism there um, and so if you teach people to get a hold of their anger if you teach people to get a hold of their fear if you teach them how to create their own like let's say love or create their own serenity or create their own feelings of peace all of a sudden they're able to do things they couldn't do before and that can be tough on people particularly if there's some kind of control thing or particularly if it makes them feel bad to see you do something that they would like to do but they can't do so that might be one of the reasons that friend of mine was like you'll never finish a book because i think she might really like to do that at some point but she's so afraid of it or she's um, she had such a rough family life herself her own emotions are all over and chaotic and So that's part of it, you know, and it is partly true that if your emotions are out of control, they can run you into all kinds of problems, true. So it's, you can't let them like run you all over the place, but to experience them and to use them in a way that makes you more powerful, rather than like disempowers you, I think is really important. Yeah,
0: yeah. How does it tie into relationships, though, because you mentioned that, um, you know, emotions, relationships, and, you know, I'm sure one has a direct uh, bearing or effect on the other. Yeah, you bet. Like I, I told you
1: Uh, my lover left when I was really sick. And one of the things she said is she's like, you're not a man because you're, you're showing your emotions to me. It hurt me so much. And I think we tend to think it's other men that do that to us and they do on occasion. But when she said it, it hit me like in a way that I'd never been hit before, you know, and it was kind of her justification to leave, you know? So it was one of those little things that, She didn't like where I was going and she wanted things to be a little different, Um, but I wasn't in a place because I was so sick at that point where I could change some things and I was trying to lean on her and that was the time she's like, okay, I'm out of here, you know, and so she kind of used emotionalized, she weaponized my emotions against me to to kind of get out of the situation where she could have just left and that would have been okay, you know, I wouldn't have said anything, I get it. But there's all these little things in our relationships with almost everybody where we're part of what we're doing is looking at each other's emotions in whatever way we can, you know, and so I'm on this podcast and I'm really hoping to help out your audience and help out you and I want to lift you up and I want to make things go a little better for you and share everything I can with you. Um, And so that's another way we can empower each other is almost through the emotions and so I'm trying to share my Belief in what I'm talking about, and in your show, and I was listening to some of what you said earlier in your own podcast that I listened to the last few weeks, and it's, I love what you do, and so I want to share that with you and with your audience. And so there's an enthusiasm I'm trying to pour into my conversation with you because it strengthens you yeah. rather than weakens you, right? So we can help each other out that way.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I the benefit I get is that I get to learn a lot, you know, from people's experiences and and and, and their skills, and so absolutely, I'm I'm the, I guess that's that's the benefit I have, right? Even though I, I host this, I think I get a lot out of it and you're absolutely right. But going back to what you said, isn't that the reason why a lot of people mask it? Because I mean, hearing, hearing those words from, from a loved one, you know, you're showing your emotions too much. You should be a man and all of that. And so someone comes out of that and they're like, well, this is it. I'm not going to show my emotions anymore. I'm going to hide it because I don't want anyone. So it's uh, it's like safeguarding that very delicate you know, part of our lives, right? So we shield it, not because we don't want to show it, but because of experiences like that, right? So how does one then still allow themselves to be vulnerable after having been through so much or after having been hurt by someone they they love and trust, in your case?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the essence of vulnerability. You had mentioned Brene Brown and some of the things she said. And I think at point, it's also courageous, you know, and at some point, you There's a lot of ways you can work yourself through it. Maybe you say to yourself, hey, I want to be me. And this is my act of rebellion against what someone said to me. And so they're like, I'm going to be open again. And I'm going to find my way through this, regardless if someone might be able to hurt me again. Um, It's just a part of life that your emotions at times are going to be hurt. But I think the real way you get through that and the very best ways to get such a good relationship with your emotions that you have better control of them than people around you do right and so they might want to hurt you by saying something you're like oh i see where this is going because it started to push on this emotion which i have a good relationship with i'm like you can't shame me over that i know i didn't do anything to, to cause that particular comment it has nothing to do with me but 20 years ago that might have rattled me for two years i've been thinking about oh man i gotta be i gotta be a man what does it mean to be a man but I've analyzed that for myself and I've worked through the emotions with myself and spent a lot of time with myself in a vulnerable way, even to me and with with therapists and with some friends of mine to, to kind of work through that. So I think that's the best way to like armor yourself is to make your emotions so strong in an authentic way, not in a fake way where you have bravado or whatever, but you actually feel like, you know, that had nothing to do with me. What they said was nothing about me at all,
0: you know? Which is why which is why it's important for us to, to become emotionally intelligent, right? That's that's which is why we have to grow through this. Um, Todd, you, 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 you went through it when you were a kid, you were told you weren't smart enough, you couldn't write, you went on and overcame that, you, you wrote and, and you went through this personal experience with someone you loved and you're able to overcome that and, and so you've gotten to this place now where I'm sure there must be a sense of uh, accomplishment right, or, or pride in a good way that you're able to overcome some of that if I were to ask you what defines you, and this is one of the questions that I ask a lot of uh, my guests who come on the show. I ask this question, Todd, um, because I want our, 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 our listeners to be able to to learn or figure out, you know, it's not what happened to you. It's not the bad things that happened to you. There was something There was a, a powerful or compelling reason that led you to overcome all that. So what, what in your case, what would that be? What, what defines you? Or what's been that defining or the most defining moment of your life?
1: Yeah, I think I've always had this passion in my heart to find ways to make life as fulfilled as I could. And so when people pushed against that, or when they hammered on me, or they tried to make me go this way and called me incorrigible, which actually just means unbendable, it's kind of a compliment, you know, Mm. And different little things. um, I think- Yeah, there's an interesting thing about just reframing it in your mind and saying, okay, if I can't work with you, I'll go around you, I'll go over you, I'll go above you, I'll find some way, because this won't stop me, and I'll do it quietly, you know, and I'll find my way around there, and then I'll get to a point where... I reached what was really important to me and the methods I have in my system, I would consider them absolutely a treasure. And it's a treasure that I'm hoping to share with people, but I take an enormous sense of um, accomplishment and wonderful feeling from what I put together there that I can share with others. So it's, it's, I'm at this interesting place where that's all coming to fruition after a lot of years of, you know, pain and struggle and toil. And I feel much better now than I've ever felt. And I'm, I'm getting more done than I've ever been able to do. But all those experiences shaped me into something that I, I have a lot of value for, you know, for myself It's a great
0: feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you've, you've transcended all of that. I mean, looking back, uh, what would you have told your younger self, Todd? (laughs)
1: Um, Keep on, I would probably say something like keep on going. There's Mm. somewhere that you're headed that your heart knows. Your heart knows where to go. And if you just listen to that, it'll show you the road. Cause we kind of like get stuck in that decision-making where we don't always know where to go, but there's a part of you, I think. And you can even just like put your hand on your chest when you're trying to make a decision sometimes and you feel it and you're like, Oh, I really do need to do this thing. I really do need to go that way. And so that was a big thing for me.
0: Father, someone listening to us right now who, may may have been told so many things um, and may have lived their lives based on may have lived their life based on things that were told them uh, and now realizing that they 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 should have ignored some of those things, and they're looking back thinking, gosh, it's too late. There uh, may be someone you know listening who um, maybe in the midst of doing something great, but you know, have some people in their in the social circles telling them they couldn't do it. Um, they may be in different places, right? I'm I'm not sure if people are in different, fit, but I, I want you to speak freely now, Todd. I want you to address that listener, um, you know, wh- whoever you want to speak to right now. As we kind of wrap this up, and we'll talk about your book here in a little bit, but. I want you to speak to them, whether it's based on your own experiences or just someone who needs to hear something that would get them out of that um, situation in which they are. Go for it.
1: Yeah, I think what I would say is there's something about you, the real you, that's transcendent, and it's transcendent of your past. It's transcendent of what people told you. It's transcendent of whatever's going on with your body or your mind or your emotions at this point. And what that means is it's never too late. It's never the wrong place or time. It means wherever you are right now, you can take that and sort of mine yourself like, like you're like you're looking for a treasure that you can work with. And no one can touch that transcendent part of you. It's always safe within you. And it's always there for you to reconnect to and work with and build from. And a lot of people have been through some real trauma. They, they recognize that part of them. It's one of the weird things that comes out of trauma that's really interesting is you get to know yourself in a way that few people do. And that transcendent part of you is kind of safe from all those other things and you can use it to build from. So it's never too late. You're never at the wrong place or time. You can always take that and move it forward somehow, move it forward. And whatever your heart tells you to do or whatever is really important to you, whatever anyone else has said, you may have been through the worst stuff you can imagine. You can use that as food to move yourself forward. And you can take that transcendent part of you and move it forward, even if you're 99 and on your deathbed
0: you can still do something at that moment to make your own inner life richer. Mm, this, is, this is so good. This is so good, Todd. And uh, lastly, where can uh, our listeners find your, your book or, or, or learn about your, your website? Do you want to show your website? or? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So my website is Nitality.com. And I originally called my system the Home Vital Life Method, which is just my last name. And one of the editors is like, that's way too long. You need to shorten it. <laughs> And so we came up with Nitality, which is N-Y-T-A-L-I-T-Y. And it was just an abbreviation of all that. But I'm putting everything up there. And so you can find my books there, although they're all over on you know, Amazon and Apple Books and all those things. And I also link all the podcasts I put up there. So this one will be up there so we can find all these and connect
0: night, home. Uh, what a great, what a great um, interview! Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing um, not only you know the the lessons and how tos but you're just opening up and being vulnerable. Actually, um, sharing your own stories and struggles and how you're able to overcome them. I'm sure uh, whoever's listening, I've got a lot, I've gotten a lot out of it. This is this is why I love this is why I love what I do. And i I've often said this. Um, that that's that's the purpose this is this is my this is my mission this is this is this is what I love to do because it's if someone's life gets touched or, or transformed my work is done right so thanks to people like you who you know will come on and share the lessons and and I, and I trust that if you are listening that that you've gotten something significant out of this and if you have I'd ask that you go to our iTunes page leave a message subscribe so you can be, Uh, kept informed of uh, more episodes. But we love that feedback because you just never know uh, what it might do for someone else. But thank you again, Todd, for coming on and to your listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you. Until next time, stay well.